First Peter tonight, First Peter chapter number five, First Peter chapter number five. And I'm going to read four verses tonight, which will be familiar verses from this chapter. Uh, but I want to be very practical this evening, and even the truths that I'm going to give, the statements I'm going to give are going to be very uh, practical in their nature, uh, but things that we need to be reminded of. First Peter chapter number 5, we'll begin reading with verse number 8. We'll read down through verse number 11. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Tonight I want to be very practical and helpful and just speak on Peter's instructions on finishing. Peter's instructions on finishing. Much of 1 Peter uh, addresses the office of the pastor, the local church. There's a lot of things in there that are very, very helpful for you and I. And certainly as he gets to the close, to the close of this letter, this book, there are some very practical things, important things, uh, that we need to always keep in mind and be reminded of. And so I'll take a few moments tonight to uh, see how the Lord helps us. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to serve you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to serve together. And what a joy it is, what a privilege it is. May we never take for granted the opportunity we have to make a difference in somebody else's life. Uh, sometimes it's a hello, sometimes it's uh, certainly praying for them and uh, serving alongside them. But Father, I pray uh, that we would determine to be faithful so that we please you. And Father, I pray that you'll use the passage tonight to help us, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Tonight we're going to look at some things that we certainly need to know and we need to be reminded of. So whether you're hearing this really for the first time tonight or you're hearing it again, because I know I've preached from this passage before and I know I'm not the first preacher to do so, it's important for us to be reminded of some things. I hope that all of us have a goal and a desire uh, to finish uh, our course. The Apostle Paul, uh, when he got to the end of his life, he, he, he wrote about that, I'm ready to go. Why? Because he finished. Uh, he finished. And I hope that that is our desire to be faithful. Uh, I would do as well as Christians if we'd want to be faithful more than we want to be famous. If we wanted to be uh, faithful more than we wanted to be financially secure, uh, why don't we be faithful for the Lord? We have instruction from the Word of God. You know, I want to remind us that God wants us to be faithful. That is the measuring stick for the Christian, is faithful. You can have a lot of, a lot of talent, but if you're not faithful with it, that talent is doing nobody any good. Uh, you may not have a lot of talent, but if you be faithful with what you have, that's the standard by which we're all going to be judged. Are we faithful? So there is something to being faithful and to, being, and to finishing. We are admonished many times to our faithfulness, and I, I, I want to be, to be encouraged tonight because what's, what God asks of us and what God expects us, God will also enable us to do. God does not ask something of us that he will not also provide the means. Now, you may not be able to do it in your own strength. You may not be able to do it by your own power, through your own talent, but by the Spirit of God, we can be faithful. By, by His Word, we can be faithful. And that ought to be the goal and desire of all of us this evening. And certainly there were times in Peter's life when he was not faithful, when he, when he warmed himself by the wrong fire, uh, when he got discouraged, 
He said, I'm going back to the old way of life. But the Lord kept uh, working in his life. The Lord kept uh, using him and bringing him back into fellowship. And Peter's a good example. If you'll just pick yourself up and keep going, God can still use you. And there's something to finishing. I mean, very practical from this passage of Scripture. And so I'm going to give us some practical instruction this evening uh, on finishing. Uh, number one, let me say, uh, all you have is all you need. All you have is all you need. Now, would you like for me to expound on that? Okay, I'm going to. Verse number eight. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, I'm going to switch to the pulpit. There seems to be a little uh, static in this, okay? So, be sober, be vigilant, verse eight, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. We're reminded that we have an adversary. We have an enemy. Christian, don't ever forget that. We do not, we're not challenged to serve the Lord in a vacuum, meaning all the circumstances are perfect. We have an adversary who's more powerful than we are, who has bad intentions for us, who wants to destroy us. And the, and the Bible reminds us here, and Peter reminds the believer there, that he is looking. He doesn't take a day off. He's looking for an easy target. That's what the lion does. He looks for the easy target. Uh, he, he looks for the one who's just not paying attention. And we have an adversary. Okay, so uh, the, the, the instruction is, and the, and the practical instruction is, and I, all you have is all you need. So we have an enemy. We have an adversary that we're supposed to be aware of. What do we do? We fight the adversary. What, do, well, what does that mean? What the Bible says in verse number 9, Whom resist steadfast in the faith? You cannot outwit the adversary. So stop. You can't, you can't play mind games with the devil. You can't outsmart him. Well, Pastor, what are we supposed to do? You've already said uh, that he's more powerful than we are, and he is. You've already said that uh, he, 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 we can't outsmart him. He's more cunning than we are. He's a deceiver. That doesn't mean he likes to deceive. It means he is capable of deceiving. He's just a foe that defeats. So what are we to do? I know what we need to do. We need to uh, craft a plan that will thwart him. We need to make sure that we are, are doing all these different things in our life to out, out, outsmart him and, and circumvent certain things. And I know that eventually there's going to be one of us who's the exception uh, to his strength, no, verse number 9 tells us we have, all we have is all we need. Say, Pastor, what am I supposed to do when it comes to the adversary? Use what you have. What do you have? Whom resist, there's a mindset there. How are we going to resist him? Steadfast in, what's the Bible say? In your strength, in the faith. How do we resist our adversary? We take the faith that we have and we use it. Not faith in ourselves, not even faith in one another, but faith in God. I am going to do what God tells me to do. That's how I resist him. See, well, how am I going to not be defeated by the adversary? Well, the Bible tells us that there are, there are things that we should do, build up our faith. There's the armor of God we should put on daily. 
Uh, there's in, the, in His power, we should live in His power. We should make decisions by His Spirit. If we do and equip ourselves the way God uh, intends for us to be equipped by faith, well, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I know the answer to everything is just read your Bible. We'll just be in church. But it's not that simple. It is that simple. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Let me tell you what the devil is not scared of. You. Me. Let me tell you what he is scared of. This right here. When he came and he tempted our Savior... What did Jesus do? He quoted scripture to him. That's a pretty good pattern. So how do we uh, it finish? You know, the devil wants to keep every one of you from finishing. How oh, we're started, we're fired up, we're excited about serving the Lord. He wants to stop you. How's he going to do it? He's seeking for whom he may devour. Well, how do I resist him? The book of James reminds us to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It's a, it's a mindset. I'm going to resist him. Uh, how we do that, we use what we have. All you have is all you need. We have our faith in God. Don't, ever, don't, don't put your faith in, in yourself. Don't put your faith in another. Uh, all you have is all you need. You have enough to resist him so you may finish. Number two, look at verse number Nine again, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. All right, I'm going to give you some practical, straightforward advice. You're not the first. This is number two. You are not the first, and you won't be the last. Uh, well, I'm going through this difficulty. You're not the first one to go through it. Well, Pastor, don't you care? Oh, certainly I care. But you're not the first one to go through it. You're not the last one that's going to go through it. You know, the first Christian to come and say, Pastor, I'm going through some affliction. Is not the you know, we got to build a statue. I mean, they're going through some affliction. Guess what? Everybody in here goes through it. Every Christian goes through it. Look at what verse 9 says. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Let me tell you something. When you resist the devil, when you use the faith that God's given you, and you just show up when you're supposed to show up, and sometimes that is figuratively and literally dragging yourself to where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, let me tell you, it encourages somebody else. And Some of you are going through things today that God will give you the victory over if you'll just be faithful, and there's somebody coming down the line that one day we'll see, well, they went through it, and they survived, I can too. You know, there are real martyrs. Because the devil wants to destroy you doesn't make you necessarily a martyr. It makes you normal. Because you have afflictions. We don't like afflictions. I'm not trying to minimize afflictions. But what I'm saying is, God is great enough to help us overcome what we need to come and sometimes we get this victim mentality boy isn't that great isn't that big in this world everybody's a victim i mean i i went through the drive through and you and you gave me a medium fry instead of a large i'm a victim i need to start a group against against this we shouldn't be going to mcdonald's anyway i gotta talk all bell that that's a lesson for you to learn right there 
You know, it's, it's you know, well, you know, it's, it's, I'm a victim and all these. No, it just means we're going through afflictions. But you're not going to be the last person. If I'm not going to be the last person, that means there might be somebody else who goes through what I go through. Or there might be somebody else that I, I go to church with, I serve alongside of, maybe even lives in my own house, who they may not be going, may not be going through the same affliction, but they're going through difficult times. I'm going through difficult times. And if I can continue going on, maybe I'll be a help and a testimony to them. Or maybe we look at them, and that's why some of you, you, don't, you have no idea. You don't have no idea what it means for you just not to quit. You may not be able to do it like you want to do it. But when you don't quit, you know what you're saying? You're saying, I'm not going to give in. You're setting an example for somebody else. So we have what we need. And then number two, the practical advice is, you are not, you're not the first and you won't be the last. Let's leave a good testimony behind us. Well, if we have dreams dashed because of afflictions or we have an alter, alternative course for us because life takes a different turn, well, let's certainly leave a good example for somebody else who's going to come behind us. Number three, we continue reading in verse number 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, let me say a third of all, his grace is good enough. Well, I want an explanation. Sir, well, that's human nature, but his grace is good enough. Well, I want him to change it. That's not an unreasonable request. But I'm going to say to you, he don't have to change it for you to finish because his grace is good enough. I've even found myself giving this advice, not just today, in the last few days, in different situations. It's like, you know, you don't have to agree with what God allows. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to like it. But you do have to trust God. You do have to depend on his grace. You do have to allow his grace to work in your life. Don't we believe that we're saved by the grace of God? Nobody, are you saved tonight? Let me see your hand. Nobody in here who gives a testimony of salvation earned their salvation. It's by God's grace. Aren't you thankful that his grace is enough to save any sinner who wants to be saved? It doesn't matter what kind of life you live before salvation. His grace was enough to save you. You think of the most wicked person in the world. God has still saved them. Why? Because of his grace. The thief on the cross. God saved him. Why? Because he put his faith and trust where it's supposed to go. That's the grace. Well, I don't agree with that. That's the grace of God. We're thankful for the grace that saves us. But that same grace that saves you will strengthen you. Will provide for you. His grace is good enough. Let's depend on it. Let's survive because of it. I, what you're going through tonight or what burden you may be carrying or what heartache you may be carrying, let me tell you, his grace is enough. Pastor, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through it. Well, you may not be able to get yourself through it, but God's grace will get you through it. We don't have time tonight, but if we took the time to have testimony of how many would give a testimony of there was a situation in my life I didn't think I was going to survive it. But I survived it. And this is what we do, and 
and I understand it, and I'm not necessarily saying it's wrong. We look at somebody who's been through something, and we say, man, look, look, at, look, at the, look at them and their faith and what, what they've been through, and certainly there is something to just not quitting. That's part of resisting the devil. He flees from you. He doesn't know it. So many Christians quit on God that when one says, I'm not quitting no matter what happens, he doesn't know what to do with that. I, there, there's a whole bunch that I'm just going to go mess with to see if, see if they'll quit. So we resist him. We just don't quit. And we say, boy, I wish I had their faith. And what we really mean by that, what we really ought to acknowledge is look at the grace of God. And look what God's grace did with somebody who says, you know, God is worthy of me just to continue on. His grace is good enough. Well, let's remember that. The number four, and I'll spend a little bit more time in number four. Verse number 10. Well, let me, let me tell you number four, then I'll read verse number 10, because I want you thinking about it for a moment. Have you ever heard the saying, and we, I'm sure you have, the end doesn't justify the means. Well, I got what I wanted, but if you broke all kinds of laws and God's laws and everything to get it, it doesn't really, the end result doesn't justify them. We understand what I'm talking about? This is number four. With God, the end does justify the means. Because God does not break the laws he set. But what God does in your life and in my life to get us to an end, that end that he's bringing us to does justify what he puts us through. You and I just saying, this is what I want, it doesn't matter how I get it. No, the end does not justify the means. God doesn't bless. We go outside of his law. But with God, with God, the end does justify the means. How many times we in life can say, God, I don't know why you're putting me through this. God, I don't know why I have to go through this. God, I don't know why you're doing things this way. I don't know why these afflictions have been like. God, I don't know why you're doing this in my family. I don't understand it. Only to see God get us through it, and there's an end he's trying to get us to. We saw it in our Sunday school lesson this morning, the life of Moses. Moses, who knew that God had something for him, but God put him on the backside of the desert for 40 years. Now, Moses is like you, and he's like me. I'm certain that the thoughts came through his head. It's like, why am I out here? Why am I doing this? But as we saw also in that lesson this morning, he's going to take God's, he's going to lead God's people through the desert. So the end that God had justified the means of God getting him to that point. Look at verse number 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect establish, strengthen, settle you. That's what God wants from every single child of his. What is he saying? Look at that verse of scripture again. Look at the word establish. He wants to do these things in our life. That word establish means to, to set fast, to set firm. This is this is. Establish some things in my life. If you could put it this way, when you endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ, you get some hardness. You get, get, get something in, in, in your spirit that just, 
just says, you know, God's got me this far. He's established me. He's, he's fixed me. Notice what it says, strengthen. You know, we all have a certain amount of strength. And once we hit that, we're done. Notice, it may be we have a certain amount of strength in a day. We've got to stop and start over tomorrow. We've got a certain amount of strength in a period of time. We've got a certain amount as far as we can go. So huh, that's where God's grace kicks in. And you say, well, I didn't, think, I didn't think I'd ever be able to get through that. And God gives you the strength to do it. He strengthens us. How does he, how does he strengthen you? See, I want to be a strong Christian. You know, if you have a, we'll use exercise as, a, as an example. If you want to get into good shape and you want to, you want to strengthen yourself and, and you want to, to, to get some more uh, muscle so you can keep up with pastor and you want, to, you want to do all of those things, just because you want it doesn't mean it happens. You've got to work. You've got to do some things that stretch you in order to strengthen you. Well, I've got a study and a message, and it just popped in my mind. I've never really developed it, but it's a thought. And maybe one day, I'll, it's, it's called spiritual steroids. We want, to, we want to pass in our life. Instead of putting in all the hard work, can I just take a pill to get me to where I want to be? But eventually that catches up with you. But in order to strengthen us, God puts us through some things to make us stronger. Boy, I, I, can, I, can, I can say this because I, I certainly in my own heart have acknowledged God, God's work in this. And, I, and publicly I, I can look back from the times when our daughter was sick and the Lord took, took, took her home and all the different things. Now there are things that I see and I face and it's like, and not that it's not a big deal, but it's like after what I've been through, I know God can get me through this. I know God's going to do it. What is it? I'm stronger in my faith. And how do I get there? You have to exercise it. That's what he wants to do. It's the end that God wants to get us to. Notice what he says. Strengthen, settle you. To establish on a firm foundation. You know, you can look at some Christians, certainly we're all susceptible to a fall if we aren't sober, if we aren't vigilant. You can look at some Christians and just say, after what they've been through, what God's brought them through, they're established. They're strengthened. They've, they've got some things settled. Well, how, do you, how does God get you through that? Well, there's some adversity. There's some affliction. Well, if I didn't quit on that, then certainly he's got me to a place where, by his grace, I can be settled and established. Please don't miss this. With God, the end does justify the means. There might be someone here, you're wondering why God has allowed something to take place in your life. So I, just, I just don't understand it. There's an end that you don't see yet. There's, this is what we've got to remember. God's got goals for us that we don't even have for ourselves. There's a version of us that God desires for us to be. It's much higher 
than the vision you have for yourself. The truth of the matter is, most of us don't have very much confidence in ourselves. That's not a bad place to be. But we need to be reminded, if God sent his son to die for us, you know, God desires, the Bible tells us more than one place, God desires for us to be with him. So why would he leave us here to serve him? So if he's leaving us here to serve him, he, wants, he has a desire for us to be and become. That's why you and I should never sell ourselves short of what God would have us to be. But you know what the reality is in, the, in most of our lives? It takes hard times to make us better. America's not in a good place. You know why? We've had so much easy times. So much easy times. America has always risen and taken another step up after hard times. I like the good times better than the hard times, don't you? But in our own life, how does God establish us? Through adversity. So with God, the end does justify the means. Notice that word there, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, make you complete. You know, we ought, we ought to be willing to be clay in the potter's hand. God knows what you need better than you know what you need. And if God would just bless me, then I, I could do more for him. And, and oh, if, if God would... God would make me a millionaire. Look at what I could do for God. Look what I, I could do for him. Well, God could also take the two mites of a widow. He could also take five loaves and two fish. But man, I would, I, would, I would write some big checks then. And if there's anybody like that, you write those big checks. But God, God might take a different route to get us to where we need to be. There's some of you that your health is not what it once was. You can't do what you used to do. Well, I don't understand why God would, would take that away from me. With God, the end justifies the means. Because God knows what he wants to make us. And he knows what we need in our life to get us there. So what should we do? We should allow God to do a work in our life. But Pastor, how, how do I do that? Just don't quit. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. Well, he wants to devour you. He wants to devour your marriage. He wants to devour your home. So how, how do I overcome those things? It's You have what it takes. All you have is all you need. And that's the faith. Faith in God. Boy, God has been so good to us, and my desire is for us to all be faithful. And certainly, Peter gives some very practical instruction on finishing. You know, as, as a pastor, there's there's a lot of things that I would like to see God do, but I tell you what's at the top of my list is for us all to finish well to just be faithful nothing thrills the heart of your pastor like watching faithfulness I don't know all the struggles but I know a lot of struggles 
I know the effort it takes for some to be. Just get to church to be faithful all of these years. I've watched the longevity of so many who have served in this ministry, been faithful through the years. I know it hasn't been easy. It's been a challenge. Well, maybe you're, look, you're here tonight and you're looking and saying, well, how do, I, how, do I, how do I finish? How do I have the testimony like this couple that we, we recognize? How do, I ha- how, how, how do I have that? Well, you have everything you need to do it. It's faith in God. It's, his, it's faith in Him. And don't, don't, you don't have to agree with everything that God does in your life. You don't have to like everything that God does in your life. But you do have to submit your will to his will of what he does in your life and what he allows to come into your life because the end with God does justify the means. I've got to say, okay, God, you know what, you know what I need better than I know. I'd have gone about it a different way. But obviously, you know how hard-headed I am. And so you had to allow some affliction you had to allow some things to come in. Why? Well, what? What? God, God must be mad at me. No, God wants to establish you. He wants to strengthen you. Uh, why don't we allow Him? Why don't we all determine? Why don't we all make up our mind? I want. I want to finish. You know, we have the admonition to be looking and watching for the return of our Savior. Today could be the day. If not today. Tomorrow could be the day. We ought to live that way, where that, that moment comes, we're ready. Who my desire is, if, this, if the Lord comes back in 2023, for us all to be faithfully serving him when that trumpet sounds. Well, if he does it and the Lord takes us home, may we all be faithful. May we all be faithful. To the moment he takes us. We may not be able to do everything that we'd like to do or we used to do, but let's determine to be faithful. How, how, there's not some great mystery, faithfulness. It's just being very practical like we, like we saw tonight. Sometimes there's some afflictions that come. I remind you, you're not the first one to go through what you're going through. You won't be the last. There are many who could give testimony. They, they survived it. Through God's help, they overcame it. Let's consider these practical things from the pen of Peter. Father, we thank